back to the Hammering Away podcast. We're happy to be back after a week hiatus, just like West Ham took a week hiatus. And it was pretty uneventful, Joe, for about, what, 13 days of the hiatus, would you say? And then two have just been, I mean, I guess things were building in the transfer market, but the last two days have been crazy. We're recording this on Monday. I mean, if you want to count Bristol City away is... Oh, Christ. <laughs> the first 60 minutes maybe were uneventful. I um, I had already put that out of my mind. But you know what? We should talk about that. And I want to talk about that. We don't, we don't have a certain Algerian on the, on the agenda list for today. Well, we don't. But we do now. And we're going to start <laughs> with him. You know, man, look... I will give a sane, clear-headed comment about this guy. I love Saeed Ben Rama. Thank you so much. You scored in the final. You had that little patch of form at the beginning of 21-22 when we thought you might be good. You had that assist against Fulham. You had leads away. But, man, you are terrible at this score. Oh, my God. God, what an awful, awful, awful player. Truly horrendous. Yeah, he was good last year. Thanks for scoring all the penalties, too. But wow. You are fat. You are a slob. I love you with all my heart, but good riddance. You are disgusting. And that's the funniest way to end your career at a team I can possibly imagine. And he deserves to end it like that in hilarious fashion. What a, what a disgraceful ending to <laughs> one of the most confusing players that has ever played for a team that has ever walked this earth. Literally. Um, you, you actually could not script that any better for just like a an ineffective 60 minutes followed by <laughs> just outbursts. <laughs> Just the dullest 60 minutes that's ever happened. Just like, like he's like, um, I'm trying to think of like a dull tool. Like he's like a dull knife trying to cut through that damn carrot. You can't get through, man. And then all of a sudden, you just stab yourself in the stomach. <laughs> it's what he is, dude. What is that? Who does that? Dude, I thought he got away with it for a second, too. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that, and I was like, I was like, pointing at him. I was like, ref. <laughs> somebody look at that. Dude. What an idiot. Um, I'm going to – actually, you know what? I want to talk about him for a little longer because I do want to say – like, I don't want to, like, abuse him or attack him too much because it's funny to do. Um, Man, he was good at stuff once upon a time. Yeah. You know, his first season, he could beat his man. People forget that. The first year he was here, he could beat his man. He's and Moyes wanted him to get bigger. And I'm not blaming Moyes for him falling off, but he changed his play style, which is fine. And then uh, Mr. Saeed Ben Rama could not adjust. I also don't think people... I've taken the opportunity to be like, these Ben Rama performances are the same as last season. Just there's not a penalty to cover them up. I I don't agree with that. 
I, I think that how good he was last year was hugely overstated because the entire fan base turned on Moyes. And what better player to get behind when you turn mm-hmm. on Moyes than Ben Rahm? We, we chant his name for no reason. Moyes, only- dude, Moyes would like make a sub, right? <laughs> and then there would just be a chorus. Of, oh, it was the original, you don't know what you're doing. Is <laughs> what it was. <laughs> Oh man, that was that was Fulham, right? They chanted Said Ben Rami wasn't even on the he wasn't even on the pitch. I, I don't know if he got I can't even remember. I don't think he was on the pitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, got, he got subbed off and he uh, got hooked. He was terrible that day. He was absolutely horrendous foam away. He and I thought he had a good season last year. He was probably one of our five best. I wouldn't say one of our three, but one of our five best last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe five is pushing it. And he scored some goals. But he was terrible that day. There was no reason for him to be on the pitch. It's awful. Yeah, I don't. I don't listen. I, I, I've been behind this guy probably longer than most. I, dude, I you, you, you stuck by him for longer. I've, I, I flip flopped on him for about two years until this year. I gave him benefit of the doubt after benefit of the doubt after benefit of the doubt. But man. Has he like made me regret every single time I saw <laughs> in the past like three months? I mean, this guy is ridiculous. He made an enemy out of like two Algeria coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Beefed with Moyes. Got himself got himself a red card to end his career, probably in England forever. Yeah. Like, What's interesting about it is, like, like I thought the Moyes thing was over, dude. They found common ground last year. Like, they were together. And really he, buys Kud- he buys Kudus, and then I'm thinks he should be in the team. What are you, out of your mind? You insane? Yeah. And yes, he's like, because like, you saw the report that his application hasn't been there this year as much. Which kind of sucks, because, like, that's, like, kind of what we're built upon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's apparent on the pitch, like especially during the Liverpool game. Oh, God, dude, no, no, because that'll get me legit angry with him. Yeah. I want to remember the funny, not the bad, not the, the funny angry. Bad. The funny bad, not the angry bad. Because, dude, I mean, he, was, he was hilarious against Bristol City. He gave us the, the Declan Rice missed penalty. The, the wink. For him... Do you understand, for him to know where Declan Rice is, look at him, wink, and then miss the penalty. And you know what? He was our player at the time. So we were like, oh, like top 10 respect moments in football. Fuck him for that. He should have put them in a goddamn grave. We should have had a 3 0 at the goddamn Emirates, and Bowen should have taken it, or War Prowse should have taken it and scored. Which is crazy. Off topic, I sent you a TikTok that you have to watch after this podcast. Um, Declan Rice, this weekend, when they played Palace, Declan Rice ran over to take a corner, and the Palace fans are yelling at him. They're abusing him. They say, you West Ham reject. You're West Ham reject. And he looks up, and he like laughs a little bit, and he smiles. He puts down the corner, and he gets an assist from the corner. My God. Never assisted a corner for us. That's scumbag. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at it now. Don't look at it now. I'm looking at it now. 
You're recording a podcast. Looking at it now. You're okay. Saeed Ben Rama, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he took the he. I'm not saying he scored the header. He took the corner. Since so when he ran he over to for Arsenal. He took corners for us uh, for Arsenal. I don't. I don't know when this started. I'm not even gonna lie, dude. What's messed up is that he was a good corner taker for us. I'm. Was he credited with the assist for Pakita's goal at Newcastle last year? We drew one one. He took that corner and they kept the score. I don't. No, I don't think so. Good. <laughs> the the less Premier League assists, the better for that guy. <laughs> but yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, do you have anything you want to add on Saeed Ben Rama? This will this be the last time he gets covered on here, dude. There's been a lot of Saeed Ben Rama talk on this podcast. Saeed Ben Rama's son or Pablo Fornell's daughter? Final, final, final question off of two of the absolute worst thinkers you'll get from both of them. Dude, yeah, we'll get to Pablito. Um, who do I think is a better player? Just or who would like, I rather have? Just Pablito's um, son or Ben Rama's daughter? It's the other way around. Whatever. Um, yeah. Ben Rama. He just like the emotions he's made me feel. Like Pablito, like I'll always love him. And he's made me feel the higher high. Well, no, because Ben Rama scored in the final. Um, which is funny <laughs> that Pablo scored in the semi and then Saeed scored in the final. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Benarama is just funnier, man. Like, it's just like, I mean, I'll probably always have more love for Fornals because he's truly like one of us at this point. Benarama is just such a like encapsulates when you think about former West Ham players and you're like, wow, what like a crazy West Ham career that guy had. And Benarama really has hope. written, he has written his name. Every year, it's something. It really is. I really hope we never have another player like him, seriously. <laughs> Dude, we might not. He was like the last like non-Moyes sanctioned signing. It may he never was happen. the last player that we bought that Moyes was like, nah. <laughs> he was like, do not bring him to me. And David <laughs> Sullivan was like, you will like it. <laughs> David Sullivan was like, David Sullivan was like, I'm scared for my life. These fans are gonna kill me in the street. You're gonna take Saeed Ben Rama. You're gonna like it. What did he say to him the day he signed? Didn't he say something weird to him? The day Ben Rama. Oh yeah, there's the video of the behind the scenes and Moyes like walking through. He's like, oh, like Saeed, like hey, he walks by him. <laughs> And then you see him like later, and like the when I signed Cornet, he's like hugging him. <laughs> the, those two men, the fact that it lasted this long, and that there somebody, were so many high moments. Somebody needs to make a documentary of of like their relationship specifically. I need like player interviews on this. I just have to know, dude. I gotta know. I think I think Moyes came to love him last year. And I think Ben Rama spat on it at all. Spat really just, just, shit. Look, whatever good credit he had is 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 gone. It's been gone. He gave us Brighton away this season, man. That assist, dude. Special. But you know what stands out to me more than that assist for some weird reason? Do you remember yeah. uh, the chance he missed against Chelsea? Uh, he was offside. 
but he took it with his left foot for God knows what reason. <laughs> Do you remember? Nah, it, it was like a small moment in the game, but he like was like one on one with a defender, and he like took it on his left and like curled it all the way across the goal, like went towards the corner flag. Oh, I actually do remember that. Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's such an insignificant. Why does that stick out to you? Because I just remember him doing that and just being like, "Really, dude? Like, <laughs> you've like you've tried to cut it on your right foot your entire West Ham career. Like now you're gonna do this. Like, just try again." <laughs> <laughs> Another another moment as as we perform this eulogy on Ben Rama that I won't forget will be the against Bradford this season slamming the turf after Antonio. Oh Tupac. my god, dude! Oh Probably my god! Any any player will ever get at a teammate ever. He's so in the right for that, dude. I cannot believe that. That's more points dropped, bro. Don't bring up times we drop points. You know, like, we're going to get to Sheffield United. I've been, dude, it's, like, driving me a little crazy. Well, I'll try not to bring it up. But but Ben Rama, whenever Ben Rama's beefed one of our players, he's usually been in the right. Like, he used to hate Suchek. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah, dude. He's just not passing the ball. And it wasn't like the kind of thing where it's like, oh, like, you know, the pitch is big. And like, you know, just sometimes players don't pass people the ball. Like, he looked him off for like a good like four months, <laughs> like five mm-hmm. months. What what year was that? This was last year, I think. Pretty sure this was last year during like Suchek's like Spell oh, where he just, like, where he just wouldn't pass the ball. Yeah, he would just like have like four and passes every time, and a half. And basically, every time Tujek had the ball, Ben Rama was like throwing a little fit in his corner. Dude, that that happened uh, against Villa. I remember that specifically. Ben Rama was throwing his hands around and shit because he didn't get the ball. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even expect it at this point. He's so funny, dude. All right. I, that's that's 50. enough. That's enough. That's enough. That, that, that is enough. Former West Ham player. That's enough. Former West Ham player, Saeed Benrama. Have fun at Marseille, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> you fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you, you bitch. <laughs> For anybody unaware, that's a reference to uh, Stephen A. Smith. Um, had a 50-minute rant. About Jason Whitlock, who's another guy who used to work for ESPN, and just posted it and was just calling him every name in the book. Uh, I might, I might post that, post that clip tomorrow and, about and Ben Rama. Quote, quote our podcast with that Saeed Ben Rama. <laughs> you piece oh of shit. <laughs> Uh, it's time for Marseille fans to convince themselves he's the next Piat. Um, but so this was the the transition. I almost made it three minutes, but I just needed more time <laughs> with Saeed before I said goodbye. It was so he kicks up at that player right, and there's no VAR, and it gets spotted, and he gets sent off. A few years ago, Harry Maguire kicked Michi Bashawai in his. 
genital area. Okay. His groin region. His groin region. And there was VAR, I believe. And he was not sent off. And now that we're good again, we're doing this whole threat to the top six, threat to the top four, VAR checking thing. <laughs> again, we have to go through this. And I mean, like, okay. Did Sheffield United, like, deserve a draw based on the balance of play? Like, yeah, probably. Did we do enough to win the game with our, like, general, like, maturity, our experience, our just ability to grind out wins because we are a good team? Yes. We grinded out that win. We applied enough pressure. I think it was after, like, the 65th or 70th minute. We really It was after uh, Brenton Diaz had a chance where he ran through one-on-one and he dragged it wide. Right after that, we really started applying pressure and it all led up to the Ings penalty. And then score, comfortable, so comfortable. Um, Rian Brewster makes just an absolutely ludicrous challenge. He's down the tunnel before he's even shown the red card for God knows what reason. He's already walking into the tunnel when the referee shows him the red card. I don't know what the hell that's about. Vladimir Kufal gets a yellow card for laughing or telling the referee he has to send them off. I don't understand that. The decision got changed to a red card. How? Like, What did he really do wrong? Now, he's on a yellow card. The second one is soft, but fine. Like, I get it. Um, now he's sent off. He's a clown, by the way. Forget it. He just didn't mm-hmm. have to do that. Um, and then I was mad at Ariola because I was like, well, why are you coming for that? But he gets fouled. If goalkeepers are so protected in the Premier League across world football, why is our goalkeeper not protect, protected when he gets elbowed in the face by an opposing team striker? Why is it a penalty for against him? And then if you remember, this just happened with Robert Sanchez earlier this season and Andre Onana earlier this season. Have Both have, have incidents just like that and no penalties given. The Onana one, he punched Dawson in the head. That was egregious. Yeah, that was That was wins. egregious that that wasn't given. So I don't really understand how that's a penalty. But okay, fine. You want to give it because Ariel is reckless. Fine. Okay. We come down the other end. And um, Ahmad... Uh, uh, not Ahmad. Ahmad Azovich. How do you say his name? I can't even say his name. Whatever the fuck this this Bosnian guy. No, but he 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 is a good center back because I wanted to say I like I like him. I know you. But like it's him. a it's a ridiculous challenge. He tackles Bowen in the box, and the referee gives a handball. And the worst part is that it's because Bowen's hand is where it is because he's being tackled to the ground, and the ball hits the defender on the back before it hits Bowen's hand. And Fornals is trying to run onto the ball, so just don't even blow the whistle, I guess, if you don't want to give a penalty because it's not a handball because he can't move his arm. He's being rugby tackled to the ground. And how VAR doesn't look at that and give a penalty because they don't want VAR to be a storyline, guess what? It already is. And because these referees are too scared to make decisions like that at the end of the game, especially to make multiple decisions like that at the end of the game. Like, are we really just not going to go back to the monitor because you've decided that enough is enough? 
Because that's the, the only explanation to not send him to the monitor there. It's the only one. That's my whole spiel. The refereeing all game was was pretty terrible. Um, It's two games in a row, by the way, where with Bristol City and Sheffield United, they made challenges early on that should have been booked. Um, Hamer should have been sent off for Sheffield United. Mm -hmm. He had a tackle on a counterattack on a yellow card uh, where he took Bowen down. Didn't get anywhere near the ball. Just took him down. Committed the um, penalty. And it was, yeah, and that's what I'm getting to. And then he commits the penalty from behind Ings, who's running an on goal. They're both yellow card fences. They're both mm-hmm. second yellows. He should be off. So they should have been down to 10 long before the Kufal thing happened. Not to cut yeah. you off, but this is – it's because it's crazy because these are two huge points. Yeah, this one this one hurts. Um yeah, especially because we we did everything you needed to do, especially in a game where we're missing all these guys again. Like, yeah, we really need every point we can get from this little stint, especially against you know a team that's going to get relegated this year. Um, yeah, this hurt. We uh we weren't great, but at the end of the day, the three points were stolen from us. Like, everyone did the job they needed to. Like, Ings, like, stepped up, you know. Bowen got in between the white lines. I don't think he looked right. His touch was loose. I don't know. He'll be all right, though. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Cornet scored a goal. Moyes, like, allowed mm-hmm. Ings to come deeper and play with the ball at his feet and then brought Ben Johnson on to switch back into our 4-3-3 that's worked all year, played him in midfield. And, my God, what a master stroke. <laughs> Spectacular, um, for no reason. No the best, the best sub appearance anybody's had this season for us. Absolutely, by far. I guess Ben Rama. Yeah, bright Ben Rama. Ben Rama no, seriously, Ben. No, no, no. I, I, I agree that that's that that's in the conversation. I, I don't think it is, because the Ben Johnson substitute effectively won us the game. Because you so forget did. that there's the other chances we had. Ings missed two sitters. Bowen like missed a chance or two when he should have shot and he passed. Um, mm-hmm. Ben Johnson slipped. You remember that pass he made to Ward Prowse where he like scooped it around the corner, and Ward Prowse tried to take it down the line. And he just dribbled out of bounds and nobody anywhere near him inside the box. I don't think I'll send. I'll send you, dude. Like the game could have been three one so many times. It could have been two nil a few times. Like we kind of shot ourselves in the foot, but it. it I couldn't live with it if we had dropped the points on our own accord. But like to have the decisions made by referees that we dropped these points is really frustrating. Especially because Brighton drew today, we would be five points clear of seventh. Yeah. And eight points clear of ninth. It's good that we still have this cushion and that we didn't really get burned for it, but still not great. Still not great. But it could burn us because the thing is, is like more than likely that exact fixture is three points for Brighton and it's three points for United. It's three points for Chelsea. Like, who, did, who did Brighton draw? Wolves. Who are good, dude. They're a good side, man. They are a good side, but. They're a really good yeah, side. We are better. 
Yeah, uh, but we don't really. Have we won at the Molyneux in the Premier League era? Yeah. No. Jay Lings. Oh, yeah. Nah. Behind closed doors. Whatever. What do you mean, nah? Nah. They're a good side, though, dude. They're only six points behind us, you know? We dogged them. We did. We put, yeah. In the middle of their best patch of form of the season, too. Yeah. We embarrassed them. That was really what, like, when we decided that, okay, we're really good, not just, like, pretty mm-hmm. good. That was, it was that, um, Arsenal and United. We, we, beat, we beat Wolves and they continued to be really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, special shout out to Danny Ings. Uh, if he can well, give us 70% of that, even half of that for the rest of the season, just whenever his number gets called, like whenever we need to switch anything up. That he was playing, awesome. and then he could so, be sold next summer. He was just playing like a different level of fucking energy, like well, it, winning it's, all back relentlessly. I think it's because you know, deservedly so, Mubam moved back above him in the pecking order, and he might mm-hmm. have been sitting there like we're trying to offload him. He's probably getting calls. I think he, he got calls from like a few championship clubs, not even ones that are like really competitive. I mean Southampton. But like a few others, and he must have been sitting there, like, no, like I'm not gonna let my career end like this. You know good, what I mean? Yeah. But no, yeah, like that's great for him, and because it started the Bristol City cameo was good. He missed a sitter, which is whatever. Um, I thought he was fine against Bristol City during the week, and then I thought, I mean, I was ready to kill him when we lost <laughs> Bristol City, but that, that I had made that I made that decision before kickoff, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been wait, I've been waiting to kill him for, for eighteen months now. This is before we we signed him. But then you know, then Sheffield United, you saw some of the things that like made you like believe in the signing when it originally happened. Because anytime you sign a player, you're gonna try and believe. And it's like you know, you saw him pressing and like winning the ball back high of the pitch. He was one. I think he was. I forget the exact stat, but he was top five in a, some kind of pressing stat when we signed him last year. Um. Like you see that close control, how the ball sticks to his foot. Like he's he is good at that. Like mm-hmm. that's something he's always been good at. Even when he's been terrible for us, he is good at like receiving the ball to his feet, like close control kind of stuff, and like making little tight turns. That's something he's always been good at. He's got to find the finishing touch again. He's never been in a drought like this. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. He really could have used one on Sunday. That that's what sucks. Mm-hmm. Is he he should have scored in that game. Helped us out though. He he did everything he needed to do for us to win. At the end yeah. of the day. But now I'm, I wonder what Moyes is going to do now because he has a decision. Not really. It, yes, he does. With Kudus back. With Kudus back and with Alvarez back. They both go back into the team. I and know. But he has like, but. What I'm saying is, and I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I don't remember that correctly, but it wasn't like Fornal was just playing left. Bowen was playing right when Johnson came on, you know? Mm-hmm. It was almost like a diamond-type situation. Um, And, you know, I've been watching that clip all day where Ben Johnson's laughing about, I'm in, I'm in midfield, I'm midfield. Um, <laughs> but at the end, somebody asked him something, and he goes, uh, Pop, and he points at, 
Fornells, assumably. Nobody else's name is Pop. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, they're not going to ask him who's on the left. They would, like, you know. They they're probably. He, and the way he points, it's like, okay, I, well, I was just wondering, like, I wonder if that was a dime that I maybe have to go back and watch it again. Um, they, were, they were asking him who needs to be sold in the summer. Yeah. But, like, what I'm basically saying is that I wonder if it stayed with Bowen and Engs up top and then for now it's kind of more in the hole. But probably not. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, you know, Moyes especially is going to want to uh, reward Danny Ings' performance. He's going to want to play him. Which which he should. He should want to play him. But I, uh, how do you play him? Hmm. I don't. I don't think that there's a place for him in the team. Well, you drop. You just replace Cornet with Kudus or or Fornals. Yeah, probably Fornals. Right. You play Fornals over Cornet. No, I'm saying replace Fornals with Kudus. Play Kudus. Oh yeah. On the left. Play. Yeah, yeah, play Cornet from what? But so, what are you suggesting? No, because I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. Because Alvarez, Alvarez is going to be and, back, and Phillips are coming. In that's that's what I was going to get to. And he's going to start Calvin Phillips. I promise you, he's going to start Calvin Phillips. Yes, I think it's easier to do the the rest. So we got we're going to have we're going to have Phillips. Alvarez and Ward Prowse all playing. Yeah. And then that leaves three spots in the attack. And two of them are the first two names on the team sheet. Yeah. So it's if things go well over the next day or two at AFCON. Which God help me, they better. They probably will. They probably will. But like Knock on wood. Even so, regardless, he might be back anyway, right? Yeah, but you might be rushing him. Like, because if he has to play, like, a knockout game, then, like, you might be rushing him if he comes back. Because mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't play their knockout game until Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Good. Or almost, like, almost definitely, because if tomorrow's Tuesday, there's almost definitely two days of group play left. Probably don't play knockouts till Saturday. Gotcha. And then we play yeah. on Thursday. So even if he lost Saturday, get on a flight Sunday, back in training Monday or Tuesday, he'd probably still start. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, what if they play one of the later knockout games that they play on Monday? I would rather him have a full week back with his good friends. The people who really care about him, not the damn I use. All right. <laughs> but also, like, because the other thing is, like, bro, you know what, man? He's distraught enough after today. Like, go through it all again in, like, four days. <laughs> like, <laughs> Man, he might just come back just ready to just take all his anger out on on the Bournemouth backfield. Ba- Dude, um, that, that's a dream. I would, I would love to put three or four past them. I know that they're a good side, but I, like, they don't have a really good record at the London Stadium, to be fair. I, I think we'll be fine. If we have Kudus back, I, I'd be pretty confident for that game. If we have Kudus in a midfield three, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we will have a midfield three. Unless something 
tragic happens. Um, Which I don't, I'm, I'd be surprised if, if, if Phillips falls through at this point. It looks like he's coming. No, we'd still have three players. Even if he didn't. I'm saying like, like somebody would have to get hurt in training or something. Mm-hmm. Again, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, uh, right before we talk about Calvin Phillips, I want to tell you, because do you know what happened in Ghana's group today? Like, um, are, are you aware of the intricacies of all of the two different results and how they affect each other? No. Explain. So Ghana, we're up 2-0 in the 90th minute, right? And Egypt, we're up 2-1. And if Ghana won, Egypt needed to win to finish second in the group and advance, right? Mm-hmm. So Egypt's players are being told Ghana are up 2-0. They're going to win. It's the 90th minute. We have to win, right? So then Ghana concede in the 91st and the 94th minute. The Egyptian players, this information is never relayed to them because their game is ongoing. Nobody was able to tell them that Ghana, um, could they play? Mozambique. Yeah, that Mozambique had equalized. Um, so then Egypt concedes a 99th minute equalizer to Cape Verde, and all the players are on the ground with their heads in their hands because they think that they're going out of the tournament, <laughs> and they have no idea that Ghana <laughs> have also conceded an equalizer, <laughs> which is just so funny. Oh my god, dude, this, this is so funny. This is crazy. Like it's like awesome, dude. It, 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 it is crazy. And people joke about how crazy it is. I think it's awesome. Like, I think it's really awesome. The Ivory like, Coast are getting their asses handed to them when they're in their own country. And this is these are like good teams that are like going and going to AFCON and like getting their asses handed to them. Like and well, another Coast thing, very good, like worldly team. Yeah, and another thing I would say about uh, well, I think Senegal are doing well, but Ghana in particular, Ghana and Senegal because people. Well, um, just gonna make sure some of all are doing well before I keep going. But people yes. are, you know, they like to act like, oh, like, yeah, they are. Africa, you know, the African nations aren't the same, like, you know, coaching or the same, like, tactical prowess. Like, just shut the hell up, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, there are plenty of good African coaches around. And some of them are coaching national teams. But another thing that I would say is that Senegal and Ghana in particular – have proven that in a very recent World Cup. And one of them is going out of the tournament unless they can get some help. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. It's pure passion. It really it's like, it is. There's, there's really no explanation for it. Like, And and, e- and Egypt has one of the best players in the world. Granted, he's he was out. He's hurt. He's hurt. But it's not like he, was, he makes a mockery of this tournament. No. Really well, that, 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 the other thing that's really interesting about AFCON is, you know, we all as like Westerners, Premier League fans, fans of other teams in Europe, look at this tournament and groan. Like, ugh, like Kudus is going to be out, or Garrett's going to be out, or like Liverpool fans, Salah's going to be out, like you name it. Mm-hmm. But these guys love it, man. And I, I love that for them. I, I'm still going to feel inconvenienced by it, but that's just because, you know, I'm rooting for West Ham. But, like, if Kudus 
was not going to go out in this stage or at the round of 16, I would want him to win it. Because at that point, what what is it to us? You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Having said that, if he's really, back very yeah. soon, I'm real. I'm ecstatic he's coming home. Ecstatic. I don't think I've ever seen a player that distraught in my whole life in any sport the way Kudus was distraught when he got when when he's doing his post game interview today. As I disagree. I've seen I've seen more distraught players in my life. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I'll think of him in the ample freedom. But go. Say what you guys say. Just just the look on his face. It was like it's incredible what this means to him. It's not even like this is like his last AFCON or anything, you know? Oh, dude, he's so young. This is exactly. his team. And this team's going to get better, bro. Like, And surely he knows that as like one of the first – I don't know if I'm totally correct, but as like not an inaugural, but like a very early days Right to Dream Academy graduate. He, he, is, and he was like the first notable Right to Dream. Yeah, he's the face of this shit, dude. Like – he, so yeah. he knows he he knows that he's going to be leading a serious team. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was like beyond tears. He was like just empty. He's like in shock. And the craziest part is that they took him off. <laughs> right. And, and that always drives me crazy because I get it. You know, like your best attacker's tired. He's giving you so much. Take him off. Like help get fresh legs to defend. But, you know, it drove me crazy. It drives me crazy about the Skana game. And I'll give you another time it drove me crazy. If I'm remembering correctly, yes. The England game against Croatia, they took Sterling off. I might get slated on here. And it was 2018, so people remember how whatever they want to remember about Raheem Sterling. But he was England's only outball in that game. And Kudus against Arsenal in particular for us has shown – he is an elite outball and can help you relieve pressure just through his ball carrying, ball control, his ability to keep it. Helps you relieve pressure so easily. So it's like, why are you taking off like the player on the team who can relieve your defensive pressure better than anybody else in your squad? I, I've never understood that. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. And we used to do the same thing last year with uh, Paqueta when we used to sub him. I was like, what are we doing? Like, nobody keeps the ball as well. Yeah. You're like keeping the ball is part of defending, especially when you're defending deep, like like we do a lot, and like we have to. Having Paqueta and Kudus is what makes us so dangerous because we can like get ourselves out and like relieve ourselves mm-hmm. a little bit, and you know just pass it around, keep it, just catch our breath. Foul, draw foul, foul, catch our breath. Like mm-hmm. it's huge. That's why Antonio was so big for us when we went to the Europa League semifinal. Yep. This is what we do. Um, but we can get back to Calvin Phillips. I just wanted to tell you about that Egypt Ghana thing. I thought it was hilarious. Um, it is hilarious. We've been texting about this for a few days. I'm so excited if we can get this over the line. And, you know, with West Ham, you can only uh, take it with a grain of salt and the hope that things are going to be okay. We seem incredibly keen on him, Moyes especially. Um, we seem weirdly willing to get close enough to a loan fee for City to, you know, engage in positive talks with us. We seem very willing to, you know, pay a sizable amount of his wages, if not all of them. Uh, I guess I'm asking when the rug is going to get pulled out from under us, but if we can get this done in the next few days, he gets a week to train with us, 
dude, this is a serious, but this is, this is what we were saying. He's a 40, 50 million pound midfielder. No matter what the hell you want to say about it, that's who he is. That's what he was bought for. And that's what he would have gone for to another club where he would have been a success if he didn't go to his super team. And, you know, it is a little worrying how things went at City, but Pep's been nothing but um, complimentary of him for a while now. Uh, and also, the big worry for me is that some of these injuries have taken a physical toll. But if Moyes sees, and he still played for England, so we have games where we can watch him and we can be like, no, he's still there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not to say everything about him, but I'm, dude, we can get him in. My God. Yeah, and, and I think that the general consensus among West Ham fans is that everybody's pretty excited about him. But I, I really don't think that we're like truly grasping the magnitude of like yeah. the player that we're bringing in. This guy was 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 like on the verge of becoming our record signing. Like, yeah, we're like, like we bid fifty million in January twenty twenty two. We bid fifty yep. million pounds. Yeah, and the same day we bid fifty million pounds for Rafinha. The next day, we did fifty million pounds for Darwin. Yes, the Moses cook. That was like his best window, low key. <laughs> he's just like fucking. He's just like he's just like watch this ball knowledge. Like, we're not gonna get anybody, but like look at how much I know. Louis, he was on the phone with Luis Diaz. <laughs> he, had, he had the translator on the phone, dude. That's the craziest story ever. Was that Moise think- was like, yeah, like it was me, the translator, and Elise Diaz. I was, I was trying to sell him on West Ham. What the you hell think- are you talking about? Do <laughs> you think Moyes ever got the chance to talk to his dad? Stop it. And it but the, the news came out, and he's like, damn, like, he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> David Moyes was like, I feel this one on a personal level. And Elise <laughs> Diaz, his father, have interacted before. No way, dude. No way. People checking in on Moyes. About <laughs> hey hey Gaffer, you all right? I, I saw you. are you're good friends. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah, Calvin Phillips, good stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, he um, I actually totally agree with what you're saying, and you know, us both talking about it in this way, kind of like makes me feel like like look, we're not crazy, like we're not like starved for signing. And we're just like, like whatever sign we make, we're going to be like, this is like a huge deal. But this is a player who has started in an England team that's gone to a final, right? He's deemed good enough by Pep Guardiola to be bought for City. They, they don't buy players for no reason. He's a rare <laughs> miss. Um, they did need homegrown players, which I'm sure played a part. And I think a lot of people could have looked at that transfer and been like, I don't know. Um, but having said that, I don't think people really remember just how good Calvin Phillips was. Like, he was he's getting a, he's a dog, dude, and he was getting the Declan Rice comparisons. Everybody gets them. But think about all the other players who have been compared to Declan Rice. Would you take them? Some of them. Some of them. Well, I, I mean I guess, you know, there's the long snaps of the world. I'm talking about like real comparisons. Yeah, I mean, I would take all of them. Yeah. And it's just like, this is a legit top six player. Yeah. He's, he's versatile. His career has taken a weird turn 
because he didn't make necessarily the right move. Mm -hmm. For us to get our hands on him, I think is a really big deal because he gives us a passer. He's more mobile than Suchek. Like, I think he wins the ball back better than Suchek. Obviously, he's not going to be as good in the air. Um, For the record... I didn't think Suchek was like that great against Sheffield United or anything. I thought he was awesome in the air. Thought he won yeah. every set piece they put in the box. Um, and it also gives us an option to rotate. He can play six, like if Alvarez misses time. We can go back to playing pivot, which I think like, we will. Which is really cool. I, I think we will to an extent. I think Warprouse will get pushed a little more into the quote unquote ten, um, but I think it'll stay kind of like this to keep it kept out on the left. But, like, we do have the option, like, if we are able to sign a left winger, okay, like, maybe Warprouse isn't going to play this game. Maybe like, we have a Europa League final in the middle of the week for some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, oh, uh, like, AC Milan on Thursday, like, at the Bull or at the San Siro, like, I guess we got to rest for this Premier League game because it's a semifinal against AC Milan. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can kind of switch things up. Mm-hmm. In that hypothetical scenario. <laughs> yeah. I, this is just... There's a reason we're shelling out $6 million for a loan player. I, yeah. That's the other big thing is, like, we're not, you know, big on that. And, like, and by the way, there's no, like, option to buy clause or anything like that. We're doing this to get in his, like, good graces. And we'll tap him up, and I'm sure we'll try to get him permanently. And I'm sure, you know, if things go well, we will get him permanently. Because it's not like City are gonna keep him around. Um, I would be nervous about some of the competition, but I, I would if he comes here. And the other thing is, like, I was thinking this earlier. We're gonna shove out four, five, six million on a loan fee. We're gonna pay him one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty thousand a week, which is a lot of money. I truly believe a big reason the club is so willing to do this is that we think that he might be the difference between top six and not top six. Mm-hmm. They or think Europa that we can, or not Europa League. Yeah, like they think that we can bring him in, and that he's going to raise the floor of our midfield and like just raise the levels and just give us another just like added bit of quality that we don't have right now. And, and no matter no matter what you think about Suchek, I like Suchek. He's had a great year, but like Calvin Phillips makes us so much better. Yeah, I I agree. This is this is exciting. This is really exciting. Um, do you think? I, I mean, this might be conspiracy theory, like <laughs> schizo level thinking here. But do you think that can you can you foresee in the future, um, specifically in the summer? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm nodding at you. Yeah, I know what you're gonna ask. It's asking um, this. Um, this kind of turning into a paqueta for for Phillips, kind of kind of not a swap, but you know, him coming this way and paqueta going the other way, and this loan being the the precursor to that. I don't think it hurts anything. I I I I, don't, I think that that's definitely in the cards. I think the big thing for paqueta is is the betting thing, really. Like, what's the deal with that? What is the deal with that? It, it's, it's silly at this point because you know, like he's, he's not. Yeah, he's he's not gonna get because there's just too many moving parts. Like the like, 
the English like FA is gonna get like permission from like the Brazilian police. <laughs> like, it, like, come on. He didn't. He's not gonna much. get caught. Granite Jacket didn't get caught, but his Granite Jacket's case dragged like two and a half years. So, Paquetas could too. Um, I don't know how City feel about that. Maybe they look at it and they're like, "He's all right. Like, we'll go get him." Because I think he would be great for City. I mean, he would be really fucking good for City. Uh, they could use him, especially Bernardo Silva is probably going to leave. De Bruyne is getting older. You want to get Pep's hands on Paquetas so he can turn him into a robot because it's going to take him a year to mold mm-hmm. Lucas Paquetas. It's taken him a year to mold players before, and Paquetas from what I can remember about any of these players, is the most expressive one that they would sign, have signed under Pep. Um, but yeah, for a to long-winded answer, but I, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. At all. Um, and the other thing I think is that we just uh, kind of have like a good business relationship with City. We, we never haven't done business with them for a while from what I can remember because they didn't get rice. Um, but we have always seemed to have it's like the same thing with the fan bases and the mutual respect between the two clubs. It, it seems like that <laughs> like also has to do with like the hierarchy of the two clubs. And I think Stuyton just makes us an easier club to deal with generally. Not Definitely. because he's easy to deal with, but just because like, you know, do we really want David Sullivan in the room? The, the only room I wanted David Sullivan in was the Declan Rice war room. I dude, that was his deal to make. He earned that one, and God he, damn it, he did great. He he was waiting his whole life to do, to do something exactly dude, like that. He's been trying to demand a hundred million for a player since two thousand and sixteen. <laughs> he could not wait to sell a player for a hundred million pounds. And man, did we have Arsenal by the balls? Dude, people really thought we met people. Dude, 85 million right. rising. I want to talk about something. So, over the summer, when we were going to sell deck, the first bid was what? It was 60 plus 10, 60 plus 15, right? Yeah. And like we all laughed at the ones Twitter, like, we're not going to accept that. For whatever reason, right? So, uh, Orange Sign and everybody's like, oh, like the deal is progressing well, like talks are progressing well, which obviously because we're always going to sell him. And then, like, the second and third bid were, like, 80 million, right? Or, like, 80 plus 10 or 70 plus 10. And everybody starts freaking out and is, like, how dare you sell him for that low? Like, David Sullivan, what are you doing? It's, like, it's just a bid, man. Like, (laughs) all the tweet says that they bid 80 and that Arsenal are hopeful. We're not going to, like, settle down. They they didn't know who they were dealing with. They, They doubted the king. They did, they did, they did. And it's like for every calling David Sullivan money hungry. Like, dude, like he's gonna hold out. (laughs) (laughs) He knows what he has here. And he he knows he's dealing with a bunch of suckers. Knew exactly what he had. Um but it's interesting because now, I mean, kind of going off that deal and how things are going now. Um so we have to like essentially sell the buy, right? In general, yeah. Um, like to an extent, we have to sell the buy, and like the FFP restrictions are getting tighter on clubs. And the 
what is it called that Everton Forest were charged with? The health and something. Not health. But, like, about keeping the club running. Uh, so we're trying to stay in those restrictions and they're getting tighter. A, are you worried about how much money there is to spend in the summer or in future summers? Um, and B, not to answer my own question, but, you know, I think that this also comes into play with, like, league finishes and, like, Europa finishes is that we are given money for these competitions. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then also the other question came that I wanted to ask you was about Paqueta, about Kudus in, in particular. Those are two assets that I do not foresee being at West Ham in a long, long time. Um, so how do you feel just about the current state of things, current state of West Ham United and how we may need to do the whole we're selling a player for 80, 90, 100, 120 million thing a few more times and continue to replace them the way that we replaced them this summer. Um, like, are mean, you confident? And like, how do you feel about that in general? Hmm. Well, the guys that we're selling are pretty irreplaceable, you know? That's, it's, that's the issue. It's great that we're going to make like 40 to 50 million profit on each more more possibly which is insane we've never done that um i i think that first of all i trust like the recruiting structure right now you know we have we have a like a head of analytics now we have Steiden, we have moise we have a lot of like really sharp guys in the building right now and our recruiting like infrastructure is the best it's ever been in the history of the club. Um, Financially, it seems like we're going to get covered by those, by those, uh, by those outgoings, which is bittersweet, I guess. Um, I, again, I, I trust that we're, that the club is being run, not like a circus anymore. Not like a circus. Um, So we'll, we'll, we'll stay within those, those, FFP, especially since we're doing so well, we just won a trophy. Um, we've been in Europe four years in a row. That those things have financial incentives, you know. League finishes have been pretty solid since Moyes got back. Um, and, you know, I don't know the rules, but it could be a dangerous game to play, though. Like when you look at Leicester and stuff, and I think that that's something that I actually really like about Moyes is that he's shown that he can operate in the transfer market. So, you know, you've seen the downfall of clubs like this when they put too much in the manager. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And now the manager gets their guy and it kind of doesn't fit the club's vision and he's too close to it. And now these signings don't work. Moyes has shown the ability to make signings. And he, you know, is the one, like you said, that started building up that backroom staff. Now you bring Stiton in, he brings in... um, I think his name is Han, and then he's bringing in his brother, and there's plans of more appointments in the future. Um, so I do trust him a lot to replace these guys. But it's kind of crazy to be like, man, like, A, like, damn, like, we're going to lose, like, Kudus, we're going to lose Piquetta one day. But it's also kind of crazy to think, like, man, West Ham might become, like, a hot spot 
for European talents to prove himself in England. Yeah, that would be pretty. That would be something, wouldn't it? We we, yeah. we tried we tried that with like Hilaire and Felipe, and, and it didn't work out for either of those guys. But it worked for Hilaire. Um, I guess to well, an no, extent, no, he yeah. proved himself at Ajax. Yeah, he had to go. He had to make another stop to. Yeah, get a historic Champions League campaign. <laughs> Which was that was crazy, um, but yeah, um, this is just a really great place to be playing right now. If if like if you're highlighted as a guy who's gonna come and fit here, this is this is where you want to be. Like, and I think like Kudus's England career couldn't have gone any better. Yeah. Paqueta's career in England really couldn't have gone any better than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Considering he's already got his move lined up, yeah, to the biggest club in the world. Well, I think um, that's another thing. Is like, I think the profile of Declan Rice like started it originally. Then you know, Paqueta and Kudus are really big profile players. Bowen's becoming more and more of a big profile player, especially within the English game, within just Premier League conversations. Um, and then he scored the goal in the final. And, you know, now there's going to be guys who are sitting around Europe and thinking, hey, I kind of like what they're doing over there. Like, man, like, Kudus is, like, like sick. Like, the aura. <laughs> or, but, you, like, I'm being serious. Like, like Kudus, yeah, you got Salah. Was it Salah doing his, like, celebration? You got players in the championship. I think, it was it Mavididi did his celebration, scored against yeah, Cardiff? Yeah, Mavididi and, and Nisahaku. Yeah, he scored against Cardiff. And I think somebody did it in Europe. But, like... And, like, we're three straight years in Europe. Like, the profile of the club is rising and has been rising for a little bit. And I think that if we can qualify for Europe again this year, give a good showing of ourselves in the Europa League, we really – this like, our profile could really start to skyrocket. We're going to play in the Club World Cup. Dude, that's what I – imagine, <laughs> like, we play in the Club World Cup. That's crazy. And then, like, the other thing is, like, players will look at Rice – and like if Paquette gets his move to City, and they look at Kudus, which that that is one that could turn into a real, real nasty like transfer thing, just because yeah. he he is only twenty three right now, won't be twenty four until August, and the clip that he scores goals at from a variety of positions, the the dribbling ability, the ball striking, the ability to track back and tackle the ability to press like how explosive of an athlete he is he's going to demand a comical price tag i like i said on our hammering away twitter account that i think he's going to be our club record sale when it's all said and done with his career rice's career his career um bowen's not gonna go anywhere god willing um (laughs) but yeah like players will be able to look and they'll be like hey i can go there I can play for a team that is consistently really good in the best league in the world, the most much league in the world. I can make a name for myself there. And then they're not going to hold me hostage. Like they're going to do what's best for the club because we better. Mm-hmm. But like, if we can show that we don't have to hold these players hostage, like, like we used to, like we used to be so desperate to hold on to our guys. I'm sure we still will be desperate to hold on to our players. But you would hope, like, between Moyes and some of the staff he's hired and then now bringing in Sidon and, like, analytics who can find us more and more bargains. Like, apparently they love uh, Soleon Wu. 
the South Korean right back. Mm-hmm. We get him for a million and he comes in if he's like for real good. Like that's a long way away. But like now that we have the recruiting team, we're like building up the infrastructure to be able to replace these players and find the different ways of scoring goals. But like you said earlier, no disrespect to Declan Rice because what a difficult player to replace. And we had to add a whole new body in midfield to do it. But goals are the hardest thing to come by in the sport. Yep. Yeah, that's a whole tangent. But yeah, I just think I mean, it's really interesting, dude. Because we could, for real, like I said, become a hotspot. It's interesting because it, and what makes us different from other clubs is that, you know, we 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 are like a stepping stone for like the elite guys to yeah. prove themselves in England. But there's also like gen, we are like genuinely genuinely competing for things. Like there is reason for to stay. Yeah. So like there's there's kind of that twofold like attraction that we have is that we're competing every year in the like in multiple competitions. Um, we have where you have a trophy under our belts. Yeah. Rice left. We're we're not just we're bigger than Rice. And he's succeeding know. after he left. He's succeeding and, and, we're, and succeeding. we're succeeding. Yeah. Um, which right. does not get enough praise. Like people talk about how good we are. It does not get talked about enough that we sold a one hundred million pound midfielder and just like didn't miss a beat. Did not miss a beat. Um, the the club has never really never been in in, in such a good place. Such stability. It's mm-hmm. crazy to me. Um, machine, but Moy's out though. Yeah, yeah, everybody's Moy's out <laughs> for God knows what reason. Uh, uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, I'm trying to remember now. Say something so I can try and remember. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, oh, I was gonna say that. Um. So like Aston Villa, right? Newcastle. Brighton, these are other clubs that are on the level we're on, aspiring to be on the level we're on. And we'll see what happens with Villa in the Conference League or, you know, if they qualify for the Champions League. Um, you know, Brighton are going to be in a dogfight to be in Europe for two straight years. Newcastle are level on points with Wolves right now. They've slipped below Chelsea. They're in 10th. We are the one of these teams that's shown a consistency both in the league and in terms of just qualifying for Europe in general. Because obviously 14th last year is not a good league finish, but we won a trophy six and seventh years before that. Now we're in sixth in late January. Um, if we can still finish in the top six or seven, or even if eight becomes a conference league place, hopefully we finish in the top seven just for everybody's sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have like a real thing that we can present to players and we can be like, we're not an aspiring project. We're not trying to do something. We're not an exciting young project. We are a proven, like, well-oiled machine. Like, like, this is what we do here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and if you you're in Europe, if you're in Europe four straight years and we win another knockout tie this year, dude, that, that's, that's just a team with legit European pedigree who's competing in all competitions and to finish in European places in the Premier League. And it's hard to find that for a lot of these players who want to go play for the big six because of the money that's there, you know, Newcastle will attract their players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different message to say, this is what we're going to do. 
you like we want you to be a part of what we plan on doing mm -hmm. it's we want you to be a part of what we are doing what we are we we want to continue doing yeah you know it's it's lot. almost like you know when you try to sign players especially high profile players it's different like because they're getting hired to do a job but a lot of times like, you go and you interview for the job for players like kudos especially like fabrizio had said how Big of a part Stockton played in getting that over the line. There's no reports of a release clause for now, like there was with the Brighton deal. Mm -hmm. um, we are uh, not auctioning ourselves, but we're applying to be a part of their careers in a way. Because mm -hmm. yeah. we're the ones that want to sign them. They don't want to work for us. Like We have to go to them, and we have to show them why they need to come play for us, especially these high-profile players that are going to be the ones that make the difference for us, like a Kudus, like a Fugetta. And the longer we can go on like this, the more we can just be like, like, what do you mean? Like, who are we? Like, look at what we've done. Like, mm. we don't have to be like, you know, like twiddling our thumbs, like little guy in the room, like trying to make it big. Like, we, like, we, are. I, we are a part of this level football if we can qualify for europe again this year i should have the asterisk on it um but yeah man it's really exciting times watching this build like this uh and i'm happy it's a positive conversation because that that sheffield united game really could put you know really took the wind out of us but it goes mm -hmm. back to phillips right he seems incredibly willing to come here and obviously you know there's a variety of reasons for that. He needs to play if he wants to go to the Euros. Um, I think he knows he'll play here every week because Moyes loves him. Um, you know, Newcastle don't want to pay the fee. Brighton aren't serious. Barcelona, Atletico, who knows if he play there. But more than that, he sees us as a place where he can come and he's going to play in big games. And this is a place where he can come in and, and succeed. And yeah. the fact that players that are playing for Manchester City look at us and say, I can go here and I can make a name for myself. Or this is like a place I can go and showcase my talent. And I can succeed like, and I can stay in the England team. Because you think about it, man. Like I was like, think about it. I was like, man, if we sign Phillips, like, we'll have somebody at Euros. Like, That's pretty cool. I was like, we're going to have two players at Euros. Might have <laughs> three. If, might have three if like things go wrong for Anderson and Ajax. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really exciting. I, I really pray to God that next week uh, Calvin Phillips is a West Ham player. I'd love to see him out there at the London State against Bournemouth. We might wake up tomorrow and he's a West Ham player. I wouldn't get that far ahead of ourselves. We're insisting. We, we are insisting. insisting. Fabrizio says that we're insisting. I love when he says that, dude. <laughs> it's special. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for... Uh, joining us today and listening um hopefully next time we have uh some transfers to talk about um as always you can find the blog at hammering-away.blog we have an article about calvin phillips up there that you should read about what he would bring to west ham um why we want to sign him in the first place and some of the tactical versatility stuff that we talked about today um follow us on twitter at hammering underscore away instagram hammering underscore and the TikTok is hammering.away. Yeah, I was going to say dot block, but just hammering.away on TikTok. There's no blog. Uh, thank you everybody for listening, and we will talk to you next week.
Peace. Piper. 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 Piper.